Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Reigns. I'm the founder, owner, and Texas Division Race Director here at Texas Outlaw Running. This episode you're about to listen to is known as Shooting the Bull. Shooting the Bull episodes release every Monday and we shoot the bull about running, fitness, and life itself. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a rating. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this show of us shooting the bull. So what are we talking about today, Briston? You were thinking a little bit before the show, my Johnson place directing. Uh-oh, he's about to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got that good old coffee in me. Shout out to Elevate Coffee Trading. They're literally not a sponsor, and I don't expect them to sponsor. I, I purchased from them. I'm a loyal customer. Loyal Shout out to them. And we can't start off a Texas Outlaw running talk show, shooting the bull episode without talking about you know, coffee we're drinking, dude. You got your about, coffee with you? I do. I do have my coffee with me. Okay. Do you buy it from like a particular brand or anything? Uh, I think it's just whatever beans I'm feeling, you know? Oh. I've actually, all right, new drink idea for everyone. Oh. Changed serious. my life. It's changed my life. Pia seeds are involved. You, I feel it. No. <laughs> if you have a, an espresso machine, espresso shot, I usually do two because, you know, you got to get going in the morning. Two espresso shots in a glass. Then I take three scoops of honey, mix it in there, all right? Then I take about a third of a cup of milk and a third of a cup of heavy whipping cream, pour it in there, then put a little ice on top, mix all that up. Dude, life-changing. It is. It's so delicious. I don't even know what espresso means. It's basically just like a, a very concentrated... Uh, coffee shot. No, just drink it black. Well, I mean, you could, but that'd be really strong. And I'm telling you, this to give people some bad habits. Deep. You're like telling nah. them to drink soda. No, the because the honey, it's good for you. Okay, it's just well, glucose or whatever. Espresso. What about the dang espresso shots? Those are like good for you too. It's oh, just okay. concentrated coffee. It just gets you going. All right. Well, anyways, my my, I say just drink it black. It's the best way to do it. Traditional, right. national, natural. Can't get better All than right. that. It's fine. Anyways, enough from our coffee conversation we have. Yeah. Someone asked you earlier. We we had a separate recording. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there, and uh, we're doing we're kind of redoing it now. But and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Asher earlier that uh. Dang, what was I about to say? What, what was I telling you earlier? Not about race directing. Backland. No. Yeah, I mean, we could touch that. I guess it didn't matter. Well, you were talking about uh, craft? No, before that. It was like beginning. <laughs> I'm Who knows? Anyway, though, um, I did want to give a shout out to our loyal listeners because... Every Monday morning when this show releases, Shooting the Bull episode releases, I look at the listening count and who's listened. And we have a loyal group of several listeners, more than I count on my hands, that listen before 9 a.m. in the morning. So shout out to you guys. And if you're one of those people, tell us on Instagram. Be like, I'm one of those people that are listening to y'all every morning. I know we have three people from a different country that listen every single morning because i not in the United States. I think it's from Germany, maybe, something like that. And so that's super cool. I did. We're talking to people across the world, you know? That's pretty sweet, man. 
And so, anyways, we love you guys. And uh, shout out to all of our listeners. And also shout out to our Patreon people because y'all are like literally what helps keep this show going. And if you guys want to help out on the Patreon, um, all proceeds from the Patreon go towards the show to improve in production quality and to keep it, literally keep it up and going. And so, link below, y'all. But uh, enough of that. So, yeah, we're going to touch on uh, a race that I'm putting on in December. It's called the Backland. So, the Backland, it's a very unique race. One, it has a cool name. There's nothing else, no other race called the Backland out there. But the Backland takes place on Lake Texoma. I believe it's going to be December 10th this year. And it's the last person standing race, but it's not your normal last person standing. You have one mile or one hour to finish 4.5 miles. And most last man standing races are 4.1 or something miles, but we're in Texas, baby. So we go bigger in Texas. And so I go in and hand cut all the trails, not all of them, but a mile or two of the trail I hand cut myself uh, weeks out. And it's a very special race in my heart because it's unique. It's very traditional, and there's not anything like it uh, around the area. Yeah, there's last minute standing races, but they all follow the standard universal format of four point whatever miles. This one's four point five miles, and there's a cash prize, five hundred dollars. So that's right. Yes, sir. And the last year, the guy ran like fifty something miles, and uh, this year we already got a stack filled, and it's August. And so it's honestly just a fun race too, you know? Yep. And it's cold, man. It was cold last year. It wasn't like, yeah. okay, now if you're from North, it's not going to be that cold for you. But down South, it was like 20 degrees. It was pretty cold for us, huh? Yeah, it was. Did it end up raining that day? Do you remember? No, it was just cold. It I remember just cold and I remember cold. I hopped in, dude. I ran like yeah, 20-something <laughs> miles. Super listeners, Briston was like, Asher, I think I'm I think I want to get my long run in today. And I think I'm gonna run like four or five loops. So he's like, You have to race direct, which is pretty simple. He gave me the starter pistol, which oh, was yeah. cap gun. The cap gun. Like, you know, every hour, top of the hour, you have to shoot that off and uh, you know, record who went on the next loop or who didn't make the previous one. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, up running what 24 miles or something yeah i ran 24 miles and then i yeah. restricted for the rest of the night and so it's super yeah. cool though because it's kind of it's very personal and local and so we have a local beer company 903 brewers sponsor the race and we give a beer to all the runners and then winner gets like six or 12 pack of beer last year we gave him 12 he gets a big trophy for this year they're getting 500 dollars cash and uh, finishers get like this really cool long sleeve that say the backland on it. So it's pretty dope. And what was really cool is my mom, she comes out and brings some homemade chicken tortilla soup for all the runners. And that's available from the afternoon all night. And yeah. we also have like a loaded aid station. It's very personal. And then uh, Rusty, the guy that owns Walnut Creek Resort where the race is at, he brought out like this metal campfire deal. What are they called? Campfire pit. Campfire pit, something. He brought out one of those, and we were all sitting around the campfire while the runners were going. It was just a good time, good conversations with everybody. And so it's a real good time. So if y'all are interested, link is in the description if y'all want to check that race out if you live in the area. But uh, 
yeah, I'm excited. Looking forward to it, dude. Yeah, man. So, I yeah, mean, and then... This year is going to be, in my opinion, even better because we'll have more people yeah. and it'll just be a more yeah. vibrant atmosphere. Last year was good, though. We, um, like you were saying, we got to hang out around the campfire for a while. Yeah. Afterwards, and the, a couple runners stayed, which was really, really cool. We got to know yeah. a couple of you guys. And um, that's, I think, to kind of transition into the whole race directing thing, especially with smaller races, that's why I really enjoy it is, you know, I get to talk with you guys, talk with the runners and um, just kind of learn about everyone's experience and like why they do what they do. Um, And it's, I mean, the one year basically that I've been doing it, two years that you've been doing it, we've already met some really, really, really cool people that have some crazy stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about, man. It's yeah. It's literally it's just a community. It's it's a bunch of people coming together, doing some hard crap, and uh, doing some crazy things. Right. All like minded. Oh yeah. That's right. a good group. So. <clears throat> yeah, dude, and yeah, for listeners, Asher is putting on races all over the southeast. He's going to be in Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, around the area. So if y'all, wanna, yeah, yeah, if you want to check out some of his races, um, y'all can check them out on our on our website, and you know, it's going to be some really cool stuff um, for Texas Outlaw. And what I was saying earlier though is like Texas Outlaw running, we're still foundational Texas Outlaw or Texas. I'm it, and yeah, Asher's our Southeast Division race director. He's going outside of Texas, but. I'm Texas division race director. I put on the races in Texas and I, I love Texas and that's where my heart is. That's where the company's built out of and that's where it's going to stay. So y'all ain't got to worry about us leaving you Texas folks. So that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, the goal is to eventually have races. I mean, we want to be all over, have oh, races, yeah. in all sorts of places. Yeah. As cool as Texas is, we want to get out there, experience oh, yeah. yourself. Yeah, and uh, yeah, re- race directing when within of itself is is such a unique thing, and there's so many ups and downs within it. The hard part is the behind the scenes stuff, and so I would say the hardest part about race directing, which Asher, I would like to hear what you th- what you think the hardest part about race directing is, but for me, the most difficult part is the physical part, setting up, staying up all night taking you down the next morning like that is it's it's kind of brutal it really is and it's really like mental toughness because i mean you're out there and the way we do it we make it harder on ourselves too uh because we camp out there too so we're like i don't know we're just literally out there in the wilderness for a few days and just trying to put this race together putting up tents and getting food and all kinds of stuff and it's a lot of physical labor but it's uh it the the labor there's joy that comes from the labor though, because you know uh, what you're preparing for and it, you know, you know, it's for somebody else and not you. And it's a service. Um, It's an an act of serving somebody else. And so whenever you're out there putting on a race, like you're out there four days, five days before the race even starts out there, doing like, like some really hard physical things like taking out a super heavy backpack with a bunch of gear and hammering stakes into like hard rocky ground depending on where you're at you know 
and uh it's some like legit stuff but it's worth it though because you know whenever i'm out there especially in the summer when i'm in the south and it's a hard rocky terrain and i'm course marking that's probably the most difficult part about race directing is the course marking and oh how's an event organizer and uh when you're out there you're just like man, I want to make sure like if this is someone's first race or their first biggest distance, I want them to be able to finish the race and not have any issues at all. And so like when I'm out there, I'm making sure like, okay, there needs to be a sign here and a sign here. And I'm making sure those signs are sturdy and then they're not going to fall over because I don't want runners getting lost on their first big trail race or whatever it is. And so, yeah, what's the hardest thing for you uh, about race directing, Ashley? So... I was going to say I'm I'm probably the complete opposite when it comes to setting up. I really enjoy uh, being out there. I mean, I'm sure you do too. You like being in the nature. You oh, know, well, yeah. Like so there's joy that trails. comes from it. Right. Physically, it's like. Physically, it's pretty tough. Your hands are getting callous and stuff. And it's, it's some kind of painful, physically painful things. But inside, it's there's joy, you know. Yeah, um, which I really enjoy all of it. I like the fact that you kind of you get to an area or you get to your main event area and you're like, OK. A day to two or three days from now, I'm going to have to have everything set up in a way that, you know, facilitates a race. Yeah. So you get there, you got to set up your tents, you got to set up your, you know, just all the things for the aid station. Um, you got to go out on the trail, you got a course mark, you got to set up yeah. any aid stations you've. And I, you I wouldn't I wouldn't even say got to. You get to. You get to, right. Well, and that's my thing is uh, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that and just being out there knowing that the event's going to happen. So the hardest part for me is before any of that's happened um, is finding a place to put on a race and then, uh, you know, doing all the clerical work. So like securing a permit, talking to whoever you got to talk to. Um. And then actually finding a good place for the runners to go. Cause uh, that's one thing I've kind of run into is there are uh, places to run like a lot of, a lot of places to run, but is it going to be worthwhile for people to come out and uh, you know, run on? Cause you want it to be um, a beautiful spot. Yeah. You want it to be enjoyable. You don't want yeah. it to be super tough, but you also don't want it to be really easy. So yeah, I'm not going to put on a race in somewhere that I think is ugly. Exactly. Like, like it, the races we put on, there's some type of scenery, scenery to them. Right. You know? Yeah. So. So. <clears throat> I think that's the hardest thing for me. Um, yeah. Just all that goes into it before actual race day. Race day, from the one race that I've done in Arkansas, race day was a breeze. It was everything leading up to that. Because I think. I think there's so much lead time between whenever you start the process of putting on an event versus the actual event. There's a lot of time in between. And so things can go wrong. You're you're looking ahead. You're like, are we going to have enough people there? Are, am I going to have enough people to work? Am I going to be able to do all the things that I need to do as a race director? Oh. Um, so it's it's been interesting dealing with that, especially now. Because if I'm going to be putting on races in states that are far away from where I'm currently located, um, I have to think about, okay, I have to travel. I have to travel safely, 
Um, I don't really know the area that well because I've never been there for most of the places that I'm going to put on races. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns. And so it's it's overcoming the unknown and just knowing that you're going to be able to problem solve in the moment. I yeah. think that's and a big I th- thing. I think that's something different that we do is that we put on races at places we've never been to before. And mm-hmm. people hearing my, that might think that's crazy. Yeah. But I will say that that makes the research aspect of it even harder. It'd be so much easier yeah. just to go there and be there. But the reason I've put on races on places I've never been to is because I'm busy. I'm in, I'm a student, a full-time student taking 15 hours and on a cross-country team and a bunch of extracurriculars here at college. I don't have, I literally have, don't have time to go look at these parks. So I'm in my dorm room or now my apartment going on all trails, this this website, looking at the course uh, from different people's photos. And like, I'm like studying this thing and you never really know what it fully looks like until you get there in person. But after the first year though, that's when it's nice because you know exactly what it looks like, what it's going to be like. And it's kind of a breeze. So, and also a, a misconception is I feel like some people think the only reason, you know, we're putting on races is for the money. And I want to make it very loud and clear. Asher and I, we don't get paid jack squat. Yes, we pay ourselves a little bit, but if I were to calculate it out, I probably get paid from how much I've paid myself. I get paid probably like $2 an hour legitimately. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even joking. Like, the amount we pay ourselves is very underpaid. It's not even about that because what I was saying earlier is that we use Kraft. Kraft is a um, clothing brand, an athletic clothing brand, and we use their products for our race shirts. And they cost a lot because it's a known brand. It's a name brand. Kraft is is very well known. They're a great brand. And I could say, okay, I'm not going to use Kraft anymore. I'm going to use some other company and get our shirts for a dollar each, but they won't be as good quality. Right. But I'm, I'm, I invest all the money I can into the quality of the race for the runners. And yeah, I don't yeah. care how much it costs me. I will make sure that the runner has the best experience they can have. Like I'm, there's not, I'm going to make sure there's not a shortage of food, drinks at the aid stations, whatever. I don't care. We're going to make it happen. And I don't care how much money it has to take. And, uh, it's really it really comes down to the experience of the runner right you know and so i just wanted to point that out because i I could see where that could be a misconception of like oh they're just trying to make money and yeah there's a business aspect to it but at the root of it all i mean really and realistically we don't (laughs) we don't get paid really anything at all we're working part-time jobs and stuff so right yeah, if you're in the service industry, you have to make the customer your number one priority. There's that saying, um, the customer is always right. And I, I think that that more plays into the customer. The customer's needs are should always be met. Oh, yeah. We do some crazy things, making sure runners get what they need out there on the course. Yeah, like. <laughs> Whenever we're putting on like the Chupacabra race, we have water stations and stuff. I'm sending out Asher with bags of ice and water. Well, really just bags of ice because we already got water out there. But I'm sending out Asher every like hour to hike up on the trail with two bags of ice over his shoulder, half mile to go fill up some uh, 
water jugs with some ice and stuff. And I, right. we, that's just a little example. Um, I don't know if I've shared on this show, but there was one time, it was actually during the no trail runs in July, to where one of the aid stations started running out of water. And the only way to get up there beforehand was to get a park vehicle from the Texas Park and Wildlife. And they drove me up there to set up the aid station because I want to say it was uh, two miles up this ridge, up this incline of about a thousand feet. And it's a two miles to this aid station on foot. And so we drove up there the day before, put the stuff out. But during the race, it was like two or 3 a.m. in the morning and they were running out of water. And I was the only person that could go out there and fill it up the water. So I took my mountain bike and I duct taped a six gallon water jug on the back of the mountain bike at 3 a.m. And I drove out to the trailhead and I hiked with my mountain bike a mile and a half up the ridge. The jug fell off because the tape broke. And then so for a half mile going up this ridge, which doesn't seem like a long time, but when you have a six gallon water jug on your back, it sucks at 3 a.m. Yeah. in the morning and you're tired and exhausted from biking around. Uh, got out there, poured it in, and it was just one of those things where you got to do what you got to do. And, like, we will do literally anything to make sure anyone, everyone has the best race experience as possible. Yeah. And I don't know what other running companies do or, you know, event businesses do, but that's the standard we have with Texas Outlaw Running is we're right. going to make sure it's done no matter what. And that's just, that just comes out of caring compassion for that person. Because if I was running the race, it's literally the golden rule. Do unto you what, what uh, you want, you would like others to do on under yourself or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Or do, do unto, unto others. others you would have. Yeah. The golden rule. Same thing applies to this. Ain't no different. Yeah. And so if you're putting on a race or you're wanting to be a race director, or you are a race director and you haven't implemented that, Make make that number one. So, yeah, I think just caring about your participants will. I mean, we we might get paid very little right now, but as long as we keep that our number one priority, we're gonna we're gonna be a, we're gonna be in a position to make money, you know, down the road. So, yeah, yeah, and the cool thing about Asher and I is we don't care about the big lavish lifestyles. Like I'm, I literally told Asher, I'm cool with living in a little hut on some, on, on some land somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, like, and driving some, like, uh, I don't know, some just cheap used rundown car. Like I literally do not care, uh, how much I get paid and I would rather put all that money back into the business and reinvest it to make it better for, for the long haul and for others than to load up. And so I think yeah. Asher's humble like that as well. And so, um, yeah. And so there's good motives behind it. And I think that's a good thing to have, uh, as far as our race directing business. So, yeah. So. Yeah. And it, it, it's cool. Asher's our new addition, I guess. Technically. Yeah. And then we also have Josh and Cole, our photographers. And so we got, we got a little crew going on right now. A little and crew, a little crew putting on some little races. And so, um yeah just sticking to the roots though and you know i hear all the stuff Asher, about like having business plans and stuff and like yeah i guess we have a business plan like i don't have it on paper like put up on a wall or something i have it in some book that i haven't read in like a year that i like <laughs> wrote into or something but uh yeah. i mean our plan is just to like 
really go on go big on quality of races and put on races where people need them and where there's not one. So just fill in the gaps in the market, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Honestly though, like if it wasn't for the runners though, we wouldn't be able to put on these races. You know? So shout out to all the runners that even come to sign up for the race because if they didn't do it, we wouldn't be putting it on. So it's really all about, literally it's all about the runners. Sure. And it's it's cool. It's cool gathering. It's cool cool people. So yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. We love you guys so much. And if you're if you are listening and you've ran our races, shout out to you guys. And yeah, if yeah, if you're listening and you haven't, you need to come check one of them out. And uh, I would say the best one to come check out would be the Chupacabra race, in my opinion. So that one's got a special place in your heart. Sounds oh, yeah. like Chupacabra 50. It's gotten it's bigger and bigger. Race, so. The first trail race I ever put on. And at this point, we've built it now to really have like two really big aid stations. There's like four loops that make up 50 miles, which is kind of big because it's not like repeated over and over. You know, it's it's pretty consistent. And uh, yeah, it's we've added a shorter distance now this year. It's just, it's gotten bigger every year. And at first it was just like a little tent and this little route and that was it but now we got like a bunch of tents um bigger routes different routes for different distances and so it's cool to see where it's gone so just one step at a time though and if you guys have any questions reach out to us on texas outlaw running on instagram facebook or email us texas outlaw running at gmail.com if you have any questions if y'all want to say anything if y'all want us to talk about something in another shooting the bull episode let us know message us and uh, we, we really want to engage with you guys. And I think it'd be really cool to do a shooting bull episode with some listeners. So that would be cool. Yeah. If you're a loyal listener, let us know. Tag us on Instagram. Do something. We want to know who you guys are. All I, all I can see is what city. I can't see who the person is, but I can see that we have a listener from Houston, Texas or wherever. And so let y'all, let y'all selves be known. We want to connect with you guys on a personal level. And so. You have any last words? Actually, we got about a minute left here. So, no last words. Close us out. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to another show of Shooting the Bull. If you want to help support the show, Patreon's below. Also, leave us a rating. We haven't gotten a rating in like a new rating in almost a year, it seems like. And so, <laughs> make sure y'all leave us a rating. We're, we need some on Spotify. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating there. And we would really appreciate that. That that helps get the show out to other people. So, but uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next Monday on shooting the bull.